0: What the fuck is happening, dude? Is this where this movie
1: starts? <laughs> is it like, is it all badness for him from this point on? <laughs> is it just a fucking bad trip, the whole movie? Dude, we're like eight minutes in. Bill Pullman has had enough. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus, and I'm Luke. We are still enjoying our Halloween series. Luke, what you watching?
0: Season one of Chucky arrived at my local library, so I've been watching that. Um, I'm mostly done with that. It's, it's it's eight eight episodes altogether. I think I'm on episode like six, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's uh it's it's very entertaining. I wasn't sure about it at the beginning because it's a really like a weird universe, um, definitely like a heightened reality. Man, like it's hard to describe, but like there's a hospital that's a recurrent uh, location on the show where they have like crosses on all the walls, but the crosses are like made of neon, and the nurses still wear like uniforms, like they're like back in like the '60s, you know, like with the skirts and stuff. You know, like it's stuff like the uh, the Saline Hill nurses w- would wear. You know, you know Don Mancini is is heavily involved as he always is with uh, the chucky stuff, so he you know brings continuity to all the stuff that he does uh so it's kind of fun you know for fans of the uh of the movies of which i am it's uh you know there's a lot of a lot of easter eggs in there and, and you know and then just like straight up you know like uh familiar faces from past movies show up like for example like jennifer tilly's is back in this uh in this uh show and, and it's always good seeing jennifer tilly
1: what network was this on
0: Uh, sci-fi they swear on there uh so there's you know tons of f-bombs being uh dropped and it's as gory as any of the movies uh so it's uh you know it's just like watching a a, you know like an eight hour chucky movie it's 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 kind of fucking great for chucky fans
1: man i don't think that i don't know the last time it was that i actually turned on the sci-fi channel
0: yeah i know i i think you're probably not alone uh and, and this <laughs> this this chucky series has actually become kind of a like a feather in their cap like they, it's actually it's a hit and people are are tuning in uh for this thing because you know there's a lot of chucky fans out there and uh i think season 2 either starts soon or has started already um but uh, they're they're you know they're going to have at least two seasons we'll see if uh, you know if they renew for a third but uh, yeah, it's really cool, man. Like Chucky, you know, it's still Brad Dourif. You know, his daughter Fiona's on there. The voice is still the same. There's some <laughs> some weird stuff when they go into like, you know, uh, what is his real name? Ch- Charles Lee Ray, right? That is the, the serial killer. They, they dive into his like childhood and that's filmed in like different ways. For example, like, you know, what was in the 70s is filmed like something that would be out of the 70s or when he's in the 80s. It's filmed like, uh, you know, it's like on a VHS tape that's got poor tracking. So it's, uh, you know,
1: little stuff like that. And I think you were starting to say earlier that the other thing you watched, you're going to talk about, uh, you watched the new Hellraiser, didn't you?
0: I did. I watched Hulu's Hulu's Hellraiser. Um, By the way, I'm sorry if I'm a little stuffy tonight because my allergies are kicking my ass. Uh, But um, yes, I watched the new Hellraiser, also a Hellraiser fan and uh i liked it a lot i thought it was pretty great um definitely it's i'll put it this way it's it's a it's a solid horror movie and it's a fucking fantastic hellraiser movie because there's a lot of really bad hellraiser movies out there and this one is uh for sure the best since um since hellbound since part two which is my favorite hellraiser um i think it still is but this one is probably right below it and then maybe well, maybe, no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the the new one and then the original one maybe, might be like tied for number two. I, I still think the original one's great.
1: See, Hellraiser, in, for me, is a bit of a mixed bag. I don't really like the first one that much, even though it is sort of like, you know, like the Clive Barker classic. I do like the second one. I like how they, you know, bring out the different Cenobites and stuff like that. I, I actually really like the third one. That's the first one that I saw, and I know it's goofy as shit, and it's the more, you know, like, you know, I don't know, funnier of them, I guess. I still, I, I still, I love the third one too. (laughs) Yeah, the third one is fun, and then they man, they made a lot of bad ones. They did,
0: they did. The third one, you're right. The third one, they they turned uh, Pinhead into, you know, you know, fucking Freddie ruined it, man. He, you know, she started doing, you know, cracks and jokes, and then all of a sudden, everybody had to start doing cracks and jokes and uh yeah he, he started being quippy in the third one um it's still great though it's still got that uh fantastic you know that that rave sequence or that dance party or whatever or the, yes. in the club where
1: yeah where they just get massacred
0: yeah like 300 people get killed or whatever <laughs> but yeah it's definitely goofy it's got lines like is that the one that's like jesus christ and then pinhead's like not quite
1: yes yeah <laughs> that's from the third one definitely
0: i think i think the third one's got that one it's got that really it's got that really goofy new Cenobite in it uh that disc man hat or cd hat or whatever like it's a dude that like get killed by cds (laughs) but uh but yeah no this new one is good i i i highly recommend it i you know it's it's you know it's fucked up like the first two uh definitely not funny no you know i don't think there are like any jokes in it at all um it's um you know, it's it's disturbing for sure, especially by the uh, by the end. It is kind of funny though because the the movie was shot in Serbia, and um, it starts out, you know, per the movie, in Serbia, and then they're like, "Oh, now we're in Massachusetts," but they're still obviously in Serbia. <laughs> like it's not, you know, it's uh, I'm from Eastern Europe, and I'm like, that's not America, but it's you know, besides that, it's great.
1: Uh, I've been watching the uh, VHS movies. I watched the first one. A long time ago and uh, then just you know didn't watch any of the other ones I got back to I watched the first one again and then I watched the second one and I watched the third one and I watched the fourth one yeah I guess I forgot how good the first two were yeah
0: especially part two from what I remember uh, it was was awesome
1: here's the thing I wish you could combine the first one and the second one because the first one has some really good shorts and the second one has some really good shorts, but both of them have some like weak ones in there. The third one, VHS Viral, is uh, is pretty garbage. It's that bad, huh? It's just not. You know, I mean, I guess if I hadn't watched them back to back to back, I probably would have enjoyed it more. But like, right. if you're compl- if you're gonna directly compare it to the first two, it just doesn't hold up. Hmm, that's a shame. And there, there's one story in there that is um, is pretty entertaining. Uh, But I wish I had more time because I'd actually like to know, like, what the hell is going on in this one. But they just give you a little snippet of it. Oh, gotcha. And then um, uh, VHS 94, I watched that one. And that one is mostly good, too. But it does have, in my opinion, the best short out of any of the four movies that have come out. And um, uh, It's called The Subject. And I think Luke and I might actually uh, talk about that one in a future podcast coming up here in the next couple weeks. So I'll save that one. But it's amazing.
0: Is it better than the segment in VHS 2 called uh, Safe Haven by Gareth
1: Evans, the guy that did the
0: Raid movies? Cuz that one is my favorite. That one is so good.
1: What's what's that one about again? Cuz I don't remember that. I'm not hooking it, up the titles to the short. It, it's a it's I'm from what I remember it's like a I think it was like a it's a well, it's
0: VHS, right? So it's all found footage, but it's uh they go to what, like a cult or some type yes. of a Yes. Yes. I know it, which one you're talking about. Fucking now. Insane. Yeah. yeah,
1: I know what you're talking about, and it is better than that. It is. Wow. Okay. Yes, that is a good one, y- though. That is the best one from the second movie. And you said the guy that directed uh,
0: VHS ninety four that the the segment you like the best subject from that segment, one. Yeah. It, he's the guy that directed uh, when the when the night comes, or what the hell is that movie called?
1: The, night, the comes night comes for us, or something like that. The, yeah. 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 It's yeah. A great his first movie. name oh, is. Shit. His, his first name is Timo. His last name is, I cannot pronounce it at all, so I'm going to learn how to say it, and then when we talk about it in a couple of weeks, uh, I'll hopefully say <laughs> it correctly, but I'm going to pass on that one now. And then to sort of stay on the found footage train here, I also watched the one that just came out on Shutter called Deadstream. Was that a movie or yeah. anthology series or... No, it's a movie. It just came out okay. um on Shutter like last week. Okay. And it's a feature-length directorial debut of uh, Joseph Winter and Vanessa Winter. It's a husband and wife duo. They are, they've actually got a they've got a segment in the new VHS 99 that's going to be coming out soon in the next okay. week or so. Uh but Joseph Winter and his wife Vanessa wrote it. Joseph Winter is the director. He's also the main star and he's uh he plays like one of those really annoying, like, you know, like Twitch streamers that right. does like pranks and, uh, you know, just like, tries to get attention on the internet, you know? Kind of a troll type person. Yeah. And uh, since, and then like something happened to where he um, got banned for a minute because he did something that was not right. Uh, Think of like that, you know, that whole Logan Paul controversy with him in the forest, the suicide forest in Japan. Right. See, he did something like that and he's finally back, um, but he's going to go to a haunted house and it's what happens in in there. Mm -hmm. Man, I almost turned it off in the first like 15 minutes because Joseph Winter's character is so fucking annoying. Oh, God. And the way he talks and the way he screams. But then the thing is, if you remind yourself that like he's supposed to be that way because you're not supposed to like this character at all. Right. And you get past that initial like, oh, I can't stand this guy. Man, you guys are in for a treat. Like seriously, watch it. It's so good. Sweet. Death stream. Deadstream, yeah. It's on the front oh, of the shutter stream. splash break. Yeah. It's so good. It's very evil dead ish. Okay. I'm and in. it's all practical effects and practical makeup. It's Sweet. like it's like a a a master class on how to make a horror movie with a low budget and not much crew. Oh, hell yeah, man. That sounds yeah, fantastic. It's, it's, it's so good. Yeah. Out. So watch Deadstream. So speaking of things that we've watched, uh, we mentioned it a couple podcasts ago. Uh, our guest, the movie "Banana Motherfucker." We promised <laughs> you <laughs> that we would watch this one, and we did, Luke.
0: Yeah, yeah, we watched it tonight. It's actually on YouTube. You have to do a little bit of searching if you're interested. You gotta type in "banana motherfucker English," and then you have to scroll down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but it's but it's. It's <laughs> it's in there. Uh, it's 16 minutes, but uh, I think the actual movie is, or film, I guess, short film is like, what? Probably like closer to 12? Yeah. Probably that something like that. It's real yeah. short.
1: Just search Banana Motherfucker, because even if you don't watch it with the subtitles, it, you don't really, you're not going to miss it. Oh, anything. yeah. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Never mind about it. yeah, just any doesn't you don't have to you can watch that movie with uh the sound off and still gonna get the <laughs> <laughs> the just of uh, what's going on.
1: Now, it's surprising how well made this movie is, actually.
0: Uh same. I guess I wasn't expecting anything <laughs> with a yeah a poster and and a title like that. Um but uh yeah, it's it's shot surprisingly well. Um and it's very inventive <laughs> and it's so gory oh my god is it gory and uh it's got tons of energy it is i i will say you know the the, the main movie we're going to be talking about today is is uh is west craven's the serpent and the rainbow uh th- this 12 minutes of of madness uh has more energy in it than that whole hour and 40 minute movie
1: yeah true there's uh there's lots of uh homage to uh horror movies Oh, a ton of it, <laughs> and uh, the way the bananas are filmed—I just said that sentence. The way the bananas are filmed is <laughs> really good. It's like a, you know, just camera tricks and and uh, people holding on to bananas. <laughs> and, uh, man, it—I—I I don't think we stopped laughing the entire time. Once the bananas attacked, um, yeah, we—I was
0: laughing my fucking ass off it's the 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 short and sweet of of what this is about is basically a, a film crew of like six dudes from portugal go to this um i don't know some jungle somewhere where they're told there's a graveyard where the dead never truly die uh and their whole mission is they want to go there and film like a really shitty zombie movie so they start doing that. But then, yeah, you start to see these bananas coming out of the woods. And it's just literally just like someone holding a banana off screen. And they're just like, you know, <laughs> like tracking their movements. And uh, pretty much as soon as they start filming this movie, they attack. And they just tear these guys to shreds. Except for one guy who uh, a fucking banana peel like hitchhikes in his back pocket all the way back to Portugal. And makes its way onto a, a supermarket, or grocery store. Uh, it infects those bananas and then it starts like a worldwide, you know, <laughs> banana apocalypse.
1: Luke suggested that maybe they got people in different parts of the world to just film themselves holding bananas because you get like shots of people getting attacked in London and in France. And yeah, they must have just had like little video clips of people and then, uh, you know, post put on some really terrible blood effects.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about, you know, the the, the genesis of this movie, but uh, the, the director is a. Uh, pedro florencio and fernando Ale. i hope i'm saying that right and uh florencio wrote wrote this (laughs) and um (laughs) yeah i mean i I, that's the only way i can see this super ultra low budget uh short film which is picked up by trauma by the way that uh they have all these shots from like around the world you can see like the golden gate bridge in there there's other things i I can't remember anymore but (laughs) it's yeah it's It's fucking funny. They just kind of spliced that stuff in there. So give me a brief final thoughts on banana motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, dude, it's a blast. (laughs) Um, It's I, yeah, I laughed more during this than I I have in a while. It's, uh, yeah, lots, like Marcus said, you you know, spy the horror homages. There's evil dead, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Jaws homages, uh, the evil dead, one of the Evil Dead homages that they do, one of the Evil Dead shots, and it's straight up like the you know you'll see it, you'll know it when you see it. Uh, ends up with a banana in someone's asshole. It's uh, it's great. It's it's fun for the whole family. It's a, a, <laughs> a real good whole, time.
1: Whole fucking family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, just go. Don't, 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 do <laughs> don't show this to your kids. <laughs> no,
0: or, or don't watch it with your parents. Or, yeah, don't don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely don't show it to your kid. Jesus Christ, Marcus! <laughs> <What the
1: fuck? laughs> oh man, yeah, don't don't watch it with anybody unless you have a Luke like I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't watch it at work. I think in the description it actually says uh, not safe for work. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's something else.
1: Seriously, go go watch it. If you listen to this podcast, you're gonna enjoy watching this. It's 15 minutes of your life on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, blast. loved, I loved Banana Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they
0: can put that on their future DVD release or something. <laughs> I loved Banana Motherfucker, yeah. Marcus.
1: Things that go bump in the night. Me. In the legends of voodoo, the serpent is a symbol of earth. The rainbow is a symbol of heaven. Between the two, all creatures must live and die. But because he has a soul, man can be trapped in a terrible place where death is only the beginning. Oh
0: shit, did someone say voodoo? I got a zombie on me and you can't
1: harm me. you voodoo, bitch? drink blood like a vampire without warning. you? Stand B got the thing that go <laughs> <laughs> so that's the opening title card to our movie tonight, our main movie, The Serpent in the Rainbow. That's right. It came out in 1988. It was
0: directed by uh, Wes Craven, uh, who, who is uh, the people under the stairs we watched last time and really, really enjoyed. It filmed in the Dominican Republic. we
1: Stands in for uh, Haiti, and as it was based. You say it was. This was based on a book. Yeah, so I do have some information on that. It's based on a book called "The Serpent and the Rainbow: A Harvard scientist Astonishing Journey into the Secret Societies of Haitian Voodoo Zombies and Magic." That's what it's called. And is this is this a true? All right. So you know, the movie says it's based on a true story, and even at the end of the movie, they have like a little disclaimer that says, you know, like oh, this voodoo shit that you've watched in this movie is still being studied in the United States and Europe. Yeah, you know, whatever. Go fuck yourselves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But so it was written, the book was written by the scientist named Wade Davis. And the book is more of like, a, I don't know, you could call it, if it was a film, it would be a documentary. So it's not like okay. a not like a fiction book. So he wrote it about his time where he was in, he was uh, investigating the case of this man named Clervius Narcissi who claimed he was a zombie air quotations, that he was given like a potion that was made out of plants and shit. And that for a couple of years, he was like dead and resurrected and become, and he had like, he was like a mental slave to somebody else.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Wade Davis uh, really believed this shit apparently. And he did some scientific stuff and, and, tested plants and uh uh it's actually pretty funny cuz you know like the movie says it's based on a true story and from what i've read on the description of the book like they say like the ingredients like the uh the main name of the 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 powder in the movie is like tetro something right like uh uh tetro dot, dot, Detoxin or tetrodoxin Mm-hmm. and uh that's mentioned in the book and uh they also say that like part of it part of the mixture was like uh puffer fish and then other corpses and you see that shit in the movie yeah um but um since this book came out and really immediately when the book came out like multiple scientists uh <laughs> discredited his work and was like like uh yeah no there's some really bad science in this guy's methodology and uh <laughs> Yeah, this is all like cultural beliefs and they kept saying it's like, you know, this just has to happen one time. Like one guy has to say he's a zombie in Haiti and everybody's like fucking zombies exist. Right. It's just like a cultural phenomenon. But uh, people have looked at his his process for this and suggested that uh, Dr. Wade Davis uh, purposely withheld, you know, negative results because it didn't line up with what he was trying to say. So, uh, yeah, Uh, true story. My ass. But as far as the movie actually being based on a book, it seems to be pretty closely based on the book. Based on the bullshit
0: bullshit of Wade Davis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Should have put that in the credits. This movie is based on the bullshit of Wade Davis.
0: <laughs> oh man. Wow. That's uh that's funny, man. That's uh you know, it it's interesting. That's uh that's what it was based off of.
1: It's it's still it's funny to me that Wes Craven even wanted to make this movie because it doesn't really seem like something he would be into. It. at the beginning, it doesn't even feel like one of his movies.
0: No, I I don't think it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really not until about forty minutes in where we get our first real like scare, and uh, the first thing that I would call like you know uh, a Wes Craven type moment. That that's that's when. Uh, uh dennis allen that's our, our main character he's played by bill pullman a really young looking bill pullman uh he's got a he gets <clears throat> one of his many nightmares and it's uh yeah it's a real scary one it's a a—a it's a corpse comes out of the ground and uh it's uh she's dressed in a you know a bride's dress she's got a veil over her face and he kind of uh brings the veil to the side and it's got this this really awesome practical effect of the zombie and she like reaches into her mouth and pulls her jaw, lower jaw down so it's like grotesquely open and then a fucking snake jumps out of it and, and you know, attacks, uh, you know, Dennis Allen. And that was fucking, that's probably the most effective scare in the whole movie.
1: Yeah, no, agreed.
0: It takes a while to get there.
1: Yeah, we're going to make this real easy for you. The movie up to that point There's not a whole lot that goes on. I mean, like a Lovecraft movie, although this is not a Lovecraft movie, there's a lot of investigation (laughs) happening. A lot. Bill Pullman's character fucking makes multiple trips to Haiti and back to the United States. Right. Well, because like eight minutes in, like literally eight minutes into the movie, he's already in Haiti and he gets like drugged by this shaman in a village. And has a hallucination oh, right. with a jaguar where he's like wrestling this jaguar, not not like aggressive wrestling, but like loving playful wrestling with an animal this
0: jaguar who which is obviously tame, but whatever it's fine,
1: oh, and he also gets pulled into the ground by his dick by uh hands <laughs> coming out of the ground,
0: <laughs> yeah, i don't I feel like that wasn't intentional, like <laughs> although what <laughs> what happens later with this character? maybe it was, but uh yeah. I, all these hands come out of the uh, the earth and they're they're pulling him in. This is all a hallucination, and so they're all grabbing him by the pants. And then one hand just jets out right between his legs and just grabs him right in the dick. And then uh, just <laughs> and Bill Pullman is screaming and he gets get, gets pulled into like this abyss and. Um, you know it's, uh, it's
1: it's a little funny in this hallucination he sees for the first time the main villain of the movie although we don't know it's the villain at the time and his name is Pishad and he's this uh you know middle-aged man with a really creepy smile and then that's it but 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 it's like at minute 8 Bill Pullman's going to have a bad time for the rest of the movie
0: yeah pretty much and and this guy i I I thought it was Petro but Whatever it, he's like, he runs the police force wherever Bill Pullman is, right? Wherever uh, Dennis Allen is, so he uh, he controls this uh, this corrupt police force and uh, causes a lot of problems for uh, for for Bill Pullman and and uh, another main character that we we meet a little bit later, Doctor Duchamp. She kind of uh, assists him with this investigation, and the reason why he's here, by the way, in Haiti is because he works for this uh, company called BioCorp. And they hire him to investigate a drug used in Haitian Voodoo uh, to create zombies, uh, and they want to use it as a as a super anesthetic. So he's uh, that's that's why he's he's doing all this stuff. And he narrates he narrates the whole time, like this is uh, like uh, you know, some kind of uh, what do you call those those black and white detective movies? You know,
1: like a film noir type like, thing,
0: like a noir, yeah,
1: yeah. So he meets this doctor. He meets a, another guy who's like the like a good voodoo priest, Lucian. Lucian, yeah, I didn't I didn't catch his name. Yeah, he's uh he's pretty useless to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, he doesn't do all the only thing he does near the beginning of the movie, this is that first forty minutes, is he directs uh Doctor Duchamp and Alan to find this guy Kristoff that we saw at the beginning of the movie for whatever reason, it starts in in the seventies. We saw this guy die, but he wasn't dead. obviously, cause he was like crying as he was getting buried alive. Uh, but you know, he got drugged by that drug that Alan is trying to find. Uh, so he directs him in towards this, like this creepy cemetery. And then they do actually find Kristoff, uh, who tells them about this powder slash poison that can get absorbed through the skin. And, um, and then Lucian also directs them towards Mozart, Louis Mozart, who says he will make this powder for him for you know, a fee.
1: Yeah. And back to the zombie guy, Christoph, it's like, it seems like the movie just like forgot he existed halfway through.
0: Oh yeah. He doesn't show up until like almost the end of the movie to, to save Dennis's ass. Basically when he himself has gone through exactly the same thing that, that Christoph went through. Uh, Cause someone blows the fucking powder right in his face and, Again, this is—we're told this is absorbed through his skin, so it's like it's all over his hands, it's all over his face, and then Dennis just like walks out into a crowded street and starts touching everybody. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, only he—only he gets affected by it.
1: Like this whole movie is just a, a hallucination for Dennis Allen, Bill, Bill Pullman's character.
0: It does. It feels like a fever dream, and I—I I feel like that's probably on purpose. Uh, pretty much from the from the get-go when he gets drugged by that by that shaman and then he just keeps having these these hallucinations and these bad dreams so sometimes he, <laughs> i mean i know there's a couple of times where we we're like is this really happening right now because <laughs> <laughs> some weird shit will happen and we're, we're just weren't really sure and then it would you know either prove to be one way or another but uh yeah it, it keeps you off kilter that way which i i did enjoy that i did enjoy that aspect of it i kind of you know i like what they were going for but it does make it for a confusing watch at times
1: back to this guy mozart he says he'll like you know give him the powder for uh a thousand dollars but they agree on 500 and he says i have it now you know proves it to him by feeding it to the goat that he has and then the goat dies and then he says you'll get your money when i come back tomorrow and i see that the goat's still alive but dennis allen has made like a mark on the goat's hoof so when he comes back the next day he sees that it's a different goat but then this this part didn't make much sense either it's like he does a sleight of hand thing where it's like it's like oh you know he just like walks away but it's like a sleight of hand thing where it's like oh i'm gonna show you your powder's bullshit by drinking it and then like nothing happens to him but he like paid him the dollars first. like if he knew it was bullshit why do you give him money
0: I, I don't understand what that whole scene was about because it's like all of a sudden he turns into a street magician, so right? He like he sw- he swipes the <laughs> he swipes the powder for like a fake one that he made himself, I guess at some point. Yeah. Whenever I never see him do this. So whatever he dumps in the drink that he's gonna drink, uh, you know, is is harmless. And so he like he embarrasses Mozart in front of uh, all these people because Mozart is like he's like a a fame hog. Yeah. He's like I'm gonna be famous, you know. And uh, so he, he can't have that. So he, he gets all pissed off. And then the only thing that results from that whole weird series of scenes is that uh, Mozart is finally like, okay, I'll make you the actual powder now. But it's going to cost $1,000. Oh, and in the meantime, Dr. Allen and uh, Dr. Duchamp. Uh, I don't know. We even mentioned that. It's, it's, Dr. Duchamp is a woman. It's, it's, her name is Al. They bang. Uh, yeah, after- in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> in a cave. Uh, it's like a really weird sex scene that all of a sudden it goes into like super slow motion.
1: But then there's no, there's no like intimacy or romance between them for the rest of the movie after this. There's also no chemistry between
0: Bill Pullman (laughs) and, and Kathy Tyson, who plays this character. Like they look so awkward together the entire time.
1: Well, let's be honest here though. Do we really care about any of these characters?
0: Not really, man. I mean, I don't think so either. Our, our main character i guess because he's our main character and because it's bull pullman who i like <laughs> i guess and uh the the main bad guy god damn it how do you say this guy's fucking name petro uh he's a good bad guy i think he's he's got that that you know he makes for a good villain but uh besides i mean besides those two guys i don't know man you're you're probably right not much
1: You know Mozart's working on this powder. There's this extended like graveyard scene where they dig up like the the bride that was in his hallucination earlier, and they make the powder. And Christoph's there too, isn't he?
0: I don't remember at this point. I don't. It doesn't really matter.
1: You were right. I I lost track of that dude until the very end. I I don't think it really matters anyway. But you know, as he's waiting for Mozart to finish this powder, Bill Pullman, Dennis Allen. uh, Dennis Allen is is. Captured by Peshad and and or Petro or whatever the fuck his name is with his police force, and they uh, bring him for some good old fashioned torture. Yeah, yeah, he's been
0: warned. By the way, by um, I'm gonna keep calling him Patro because it's easier for me to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's been warned by Petro to to leave uh, Haiti. He's like, you you gotta leave Haiti, or you you know you're gonna be in trouble. You don't belong here. Blah blah blah. And Alan's always like, yeah, fuck off. And uh, so finally, uh, Petro and his uh, his squad take Allen, and um, next thing you know, you see, you know Dennis Allen uh, naked on this uh, torture chair. They got him strapped down. Dennis is like, "What do you what do you want? You know, I'll do whatever. Just you know, what do you want?" And uh, to which Petro says, uh, "I want to hear you scream." And then he produces a really long nail and a hammer, uh, and then uh, we don't see this. But uh, we see enough of it to, um, you know, to, to get the point home, I guess. Uh, but he nails his fucking ball sack to the chair, uh, and it <laughs> yeah. and it sucks. It sucks a whole lot. Because The next time you see, like they dump Dennis uh, on the, the street, he's got like whitey tighties, but they're all like bloody because you know you got a giant nail through the ball sack. Ugh.
1: and then Doctor Duchamp uh you know is taking care of him and she's washing his hair on a beach and they're staying staying in his house and uh then he has another dream then he has another dream which is actually pretty fucking creepy and the most like west craven shit in the whole thing is it's like a, a dream he has where like this boat is coming in on the water And then it like the door closes and like his his shutters close and it's like he's in a coffin and he's looking out of the coffin and he sees Petro, our villain, and like he's being buried and then it's a coffin and then the coffin's being filled with blood. And then he wakes up and there's a dead body next to him, which I thought was still a hallucination, but it's not. It's real. He's being framed for a murder. Yeah, it's like a last ditch effort to get him out of the country. Because, uh, you know, like they arrest him, quotation marks, and bring him to this, you know, bring him to the station and Petro says, you know, leave. (laughs) He says, how many more nails do I have to nail into your ball sack before you got to leave the fucking country?
0: No, that's not what he says.
1: (laughs) I've got you. I've got you pegged for murder so you can leave or I'll. Or You can go back into the fucking chair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so Bill Pullman. the funny thing is that he doesn't really even get a chance to decide not to do this because like he's taken by handcuffs and put directly on the plane at gunpoint <laughs> with all the other people that are just on the
0: plane yep this, this one of the uh, one of uh, uh, patrol's giant goons who always has a gun on his hand in this movie uh, shoves him in the airplane and then he, you know he just leaves and then for totally inexplicable reason Mozart is right there next to him just kind of pops up I'm like "Hey, you got my money
1: <laughs> <laughs> which he doesn't because the police took it right they robbed him but he gives him the powder anyway and says you know you need to tell him about me you know tell him it was me and I'll be famous and all that shit right right he's fucking gone dude and then he's just <laughs> like he, he just, he's like he jumps out a door that shouldn't be on an airplane he's like yeah. see you later <laughs> Yeah, if you've ever been
0: on an airplane ever, this fucking door doesn't make any sense. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like a giant opening there where there shouldn't be a giant opening. And, and there's like a truck right there. And it just Mozart just kind of drives away in that truck. And then uh, and then Alan goes back to
1: Boston where he has what I thought was another hallucination because he brought the powder back, you know, and he's you know, they're doing the tests and shit like that. And he's having dinner. <laughs> With his uh his colleague slash boss and his the wife is there and is it the wife I don't know his younger wife it, maybe it's
0: it's the wife of one of his employers yeah yeah
1: and uh like she stands up and bites a glass and then you know starts to attack him and hits him in the face and starts freaking out and uh, I the reason I thought it was a hallucination is because you know like the other two guys don't react much to it <laughs> right. Right yeah she just like <laughs> swipes and cuts him in the forehead and she's flipping the fuck out. And Bill Pullman gets knocked down and then pulls a pulls a SpongeBob and fucks off.
0: <laughs> yeah, while she's flipping out, the other guys are finally like reacting to her flipping out and yeah, he's like All right, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I <gotta> go. <laughs> I'm going to leave. I got to go.
1: I'm going to head out. And then he's back in 80.
0: Yeah, and he goes right back to Haiti and he immediately gets arrested. Like, as soon as he steps off the airplane, it's like almost gets like tackled to the ground. It's fucking hilarious.
1: But it turns out that it's not Petro's goons. It's, uh, what's his name? Lucius? Lu- Lucien. Lucian. Lucian, Yeah. Who gets him and, and, you know, like tells him where to find Petro and, like, gives him what little protection he could have from him, you know, like the good voodoo. He's got some crosses and blood on his forehead and his chest. And then as uh, Dennis Allen's about to leave, you know, Petro pulls some uh, long-distance voodoo magic shit and kills him.
0: Yeah, he kills uh, Lucien. Yeah, he just just does like some kind of uh, some crazy voodoo curse, and he he just dies, and like a scorpion crawls out of his mouth at the same. So he's dead. At the same time, we see uh, Mozart, who. You know, I did like Mozart. Now that I'm thinking about it, he was he was kind of a fun character. I like Mozart. He gets his fucking head cut off right here. Yeah. Uh by yeah. uh Petrose Goons with uh with a machete. Uh so those two characters are gone. Uh this is when uh, Alan gets fucking powder blasted in the face.
1: Powder blasted. <laughs> what would you call it? <laughs> it's one of his uh it's one of his special moves, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Up down up down left left right right B A X powder blast.
0: <laughs> Bam, you're a zombie. <laughs> and what's funny is like, so he's so he's going into that that paralysis, you know, that uh, you know, very death-like paralysis, but he's still very much alive. And like the last thing he sees are these people crowding around him and he's like, "Don't bury me." And
1: they're like, "Okay, sure." And then they bury him. <laughs> <laughs> This is all leading up to, like, the final showdown between Dennis Allen and Petro. And what a showdown it is. And I know I made a joke uh, just a second ago about, you know, like, fighting game move powder blast shit. But um, uh, it's not too far off because uh, patrol pulls a fucking <laughs> M. Bison from Street Fighter and just launches himself at Dennis Allen.
0: Yeah, it's like a it's like a Superman talk tackle that he he does on him uh, as soon as uh, uh you know as soon as, as Alan Dennis Alan whatever as soon as he enters the police station, which by the way he's going there because Patrol told him that because uh, he's got Doctor Duchamp at this point, he's like I'm gonna cut her fucking head off and she'll be like <laughs> she'll be a sacrifice or whatever. So after uh Kristoff. He's the guy that you know. He pops in at the very end. Uh, he finds where uh, Alan was buried, so he digs him up, and uh, you know he's recovering from this 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 drug. So he's doing like the funny walk down the street, and as soon as he walks into the police station, yeah, Patrol just fucking <laughs> off screen, which makes this so much funnier. Off screen jumps and just tackles him uh, to the ground, and then a, a, a fucking but i can only describe as bananas probably because i got bananas on the brain from earlier <laughs> uh fucking s- series of scenes happen uh where more hallucinations by alan where he's being like chased by the torture chair <laughs> like it's it's literally just <laughs> yeah. like it's someone pushing the chair and he's like running away from it it looks fucking crazy he fucking sees that he sees Lucian all of a sudden show up and he just like rips his own head off which is actually pretty fucking gnarly uh, he enters a hallway that's nothing but zombie arms and they're super long. They're trying to grab him, uh, enters a door that changes gravity. So he like falls through it. Uh, oh man. It is ridiculous.
1: And, uh, Petro's fucking beating his ass and like throwing them all over the place. And he eventually gets knocked into these canisters, which I never picked on what was actually inside of them, but, um, they're the souls of the people that he's taken. Right.
0: Right, right. Every time he turns someone into a uh, quote yeah. unquote, yeah, a quote unquote zombie, uh, he's he takes their souls.
1: A bunch of these canisters break, and like the souls start to escape. And one of them finds its way into Bill Pullman, built uh, into Dennis Allen, Bill Pullman's character, and it, it just gives him the power of the jaguar. Man, <laughs> he's got the strength of a jaguar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's unpack this for a second. So what that means is that <laughs> what that means is that patrol at one point zombified a Jaguar
1: and he stole his
0: soul. It is the only animal, not human, that he has. Is there other animals where they're like, what the fuck? I didn't notice any other animals. I didn't either, because when the when the jars break, you get these like kind of like um, ghostbuster y type, you know, eighties ghostbuster y effects where like the souls kind of like dissipate into the into the nether or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you see this
1: jaguar head kind of like superimposed over Bill Pullman's face, and then Bill Pullman like stands up and he's like, "Oh fuck yes, it is on!" and he starts throwing petro all over the place and um uh meanwhile like starts breaking all the other canisters and the souls come out and then the souls attack petro and then he lights on fire and uh yeah. lands on top of a bunch of skulls and then disappears and that's the end of petro correct except it isn't <laughs> because just when you thought the movie was over here comes petro off the fucking screen
0: again with another m bison tackle <laughs> <laughs> this time he's like, this time he's just covered head to toe in burns, you know, because he was burned earlier, and then like another scuffle ensues, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: and then how does he fucking finally kill him? I don't even remember. Well, like the torture chair just appears out of nowhere. Oh yeah, the, and the fucking
0: <laughs> he
1: throws Petro in the chair, and like the chair, a la fucking Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, like ties itself around, you know. Uh, his head and his arms and stuff like that and uh and uh Dennis Allen is setting up for some uh <laughs> scrotum involved uh revenge
0: yeah all of a sudden it's like a poltergeist is you know bringing up that big old nail right back and it just shoots right into uh, Petrol's crotch and then uh he screams and you know and we scream as men you know in uh, in unison and then the torture chair with uh you know patrol with the giant
1: nail through his fucking ball sack gets w- swallowed into the earth so you know going to hell apparently and then duchamp shows up out of nowhere like she's been hanging off to the side <laughs> yeah. she's like oh i guess that was weird but it's over now let's get out of here <laughs> <laughs> and they walk out and freeze frame and that's it Credits. And that's when we get the thing that it's like this tetrodoxin thing is being studied by the United States and Europe. And uh, we still don't have answers, but, you know, we could. It's like, yeah, you know, no thanks. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure it's up. being I'm sure it's being extensively researched at this very moment. Yeah, shut up, Wade. <laughs> so give me your final thoughts on The Serpent and the Rainbow.
0: Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> it's such a weird, weird movie. And... Uh, and very slow uh, for the majority of its running time. Uh, feels very disjointed for most of it as well. I, I know some of that is by design, but uh, again, makes it kind of a challenging watch when you're you know you're in, you're in, in the mood for a, a horror movie. Man, man, the insanity in the last thirty minutes almost make me want to recommend it, but I can't. Uh, I'm gonna say skip this one. You can you know this is not every movie Wes Craven made it was a you know you know great. And uh, in my opinion, this
1: is one of his lesser efforts. Um, you can skip it; you don't need to watch this one. Almost is the key word there, Luke. That ending truly almost makes it right? worth to watch, but it's it's not it's not enough. I know. I know. It's just That's there's not enough to this minutes. one. It's uh, man. It's just I don't know. I guess. Um, I can't really get too, too disappointed because I didn't really know anything about this one. I'd never heard of it. And kudos to Wes Craven for wanting to try to do something a little bit different for himself. You know, it might be one of the more serious, like actual serious movies that he tried to make that wasn't full on horror. That, you know, maybe could have applied or could have appealed to a bigger audience. And uh, unfortunately, it just I don't know. This just didn't do it for me. So, uh, yeah, I'd say skip this one, too.
0: Did you know that in in 1999, uh, Wes Craven fucking completely went in a different direction and and directed a movie called Music of the Heart? I did not. Nothing to do with horror at all. It's actually considered it's a drama uh, drama slash music. I don't know. Is this a musical? I don't fucking know. It's a story of a school teacher's struggle to teach violin to inner city Harlem kids.
1: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Wes Craven directed that movie. He did. I've seen that movie with Meryl Streep. Yes, I've seen that movie. I had to watch it in um, I had to watch it for one of my college classes. I don't remember what it was, but I don't know if I've ever mentioned on this podcast. I'm a music teacher. In one of my college music classes, I had to watch this movie. I don't know why. Um, uh, I don't remember the lesson around it, but yeah, I've seen this movie.
0: Oh wow. I didn't even I was doing, you know, looking up some stuff that Wes Craven did because I'm like, I think I've seen all these movies. I'm like, I definitely haven't seen this
1: horror movie called Music of the Heart. What's this about? <laughs> I had no idea Wes Craven did that. Isn't that fucking weird? That's weird. And obviously whatever lesson I had to watch it for really stuck with me because I talk about it constantly. <laughs>
0: Right, you you won't stop going on about music of the heart
1: (laughs) (laughs) every day, man. I remind you of the lessons learned from music of the heart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, man that uh, that story synopsis sounds like balls.
1: All right, we are returning to guess the movie tonight, and uh, Luke's got it for us. So let's go.
0: All right, here's your description. In this 1990 movie, an obsessed with the occult college professor summons a bunch of little demons to his campus. It isn't long before shit gets out of control and the creatures begin creating carnage that happens to fall during the annual prank week and partying fat houses are blamed. When the pranks turn deadly, it's time for the partying coeds to put down their beers and fight back.
1: Oh, sounds amazing! I'd watch this.
0: No, you're you're not gonna want to watch this.
1: <laughs> 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 Trust me.
0: Okay, clue number one. These are all uh, all important, all vital. Sometimes we, you know, the first clue is just some fucking nonsense, but <laughs> this this is you need all these. Okay, so clue number one. This is actually the third part in a very low budget series of movies that started at Empire International Pictures. You know, Charles Band's uh, company before he made. Uh, You know, Full Moon Studios. So it's uh, real cheap and uh, real cheap looking. Number two, uh, the titular creatures are small. Uh, I think Gremlins, of which this is a clear ripoff of, uh, where even the title is similar to to that. Uh, They're gross looking. Okay. And at some point in, it seems like in every movie, they end up in a toilet. Uh, in fact, the posters for the first three of these movies show them in coming out of toilets. So like part one through three, these little fuckers are coming out of a toilet oh, on the poster. man,
1: dude, I, I know what posters you're talking about. I don't know what this is called, but I can see those posters.
0: Oh, I I figured, I don't think you've seen these movies. Uh, I was going to say, no, this, I haven't, this...
1: but I think I, I think I've seen the posters, man. Yep. I don't know what this is called. C- continue.
0: You are not gonna get this, but it's okay. It's okay. Alright, here's the last one. The second half of the title has to do with where the creatures are doing their shenanigans this time. Like where did they go? Uh think back to the description. And that's your last clue. So they so frat house? Think of uh well that but where are the frat houses? On what uh what type of campus?
1: Oh, a college campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it something like... Uh, it's not Critters, because I know Critters is actually good. Right, right. Okay, hold on well, a second. Hold on. I don't know how hold good on Critters is. All right, hold on. Is this... um, Is this fucking Ghoulies? You got it, man. It's Ghoulies. Okay, it so ghoulies now it's... Ghoulies go to
0: college? Fucking... Okay, now which, which one did I say this was? The third one. So give me... Put that in there and then do the same thing you just said.
1: Ghoulies three, go to college or college Ghoulies go to
0: college, baby.
1: Ghoulies three, ghoulies go to college. You got it. <laughs> Man, I had no idea where I pulled ghoulies out of. I, I knew I'd seen this. I can see the poster in my head. Right, right. And that freaking freak, like that weird, freaky memory recall that you get sometimes. Right. <laughs> man, I haven't looked at this poster since I was a kid, but I remember it. Yeah, dude, I can see. It. <laughs> I didn't realize these were. I didn't realize these were that low budget.
0: Yeah, they're real, real low budget. Low budget, and I, I watched the trailer, and um, man, I, it's
1: it looks real bad. It looks more comedy than horror. Does is is the first one super low budget too, or is it just like the sequels?
0: It's the first one's still pretty low budget because hey you know it's charles band so you know he's not gonna spend a lot of money but that one is the highest rated of all of them um i don't i don't i don't think it it broke past the 5.0 barrier on imdb but it's it's you know it's about as high as it gets and then there's four ghoulies movies made altogether, and they get progressively you know worse as they go on so I think the last one, Ghoulies 4, which was released shortly after this one, has like a 2.8 on IMDb. (laughs) It's pretty bad. This one has like a 3. Great fucking
1: pick, man. Dragging up those memories for me, man. I haven't thought about that in forever. I have no idea how I remembered Ghoulies, but that's awesome.
0: Thanks, man. It it all hinged on whether or not you could
1: remember this was a Ghoulies movie. (laughs) So well done before we end here, I wanted to give a little bit of disappointing news about a project in the works. We, um, in our last podcast, the people under the stairs uh, with you and Kristen, we did that, um, that HH Holmes quiz at the end there. And um, uh, the, the TV show, the devil in the white city, that's based on that book, the devil in the white city that I Mm -hmm. guess was in production at Hulu. It's, I guess it's still in production, but just within like the last couple of days, Keanu Reeves pulled out of the project oh yeah i heard about that and uh they also lost the director so uh this thing's been in developmental hell for years and it looks like it's got some more years to go before we actually see it unfortunately oh yeah i remember when like
0: dicaprio and scorsese were attached at one point which was going to be like a movie movie it was going to go to theaters and then that fell through i think they're still attached as far as like producers um but uh you know, yeah, yeah, this this just looks seems like one of those cursed productions that just it may not, it may never happen. Was uh so was Keanu going to play HH H. Holmes? Was that I'm assuming?
1: I I don't know if it was confirmed, but that was sort of like the rumor, but um, Okay. Yeah, he's he's done with the project and the director's gone, so
0: Yeah, that doesn't you know, sound good.
1: I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they need to start all over because it feels like if this one actually does finally go through, it's going to be crap. So, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Maybe they found out all that stuff is bullshit anyway, and they're like, uh, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, but they're still making it off the book though, and you know, right. The book I was, was very
0: good. good. I, I, I said it before, I'll say it again, the book is, is even knowing now that a lot of that stuff is probably fabricated, I, I, I really enjoyed the book I, again, uh, as a you know history fan, I, I really enjoyed it.:
1: Anyway, we'll see you next time. Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and on Fridays in the month of October. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. Luke, tell us what's coming up next!
0: Well, coming up next, I hope you all are ready for your dead time story because we're going to be watching Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. That's pretty much all I got. Later, gators.
1: Oh, dude! Are you ready to watch banana, motherfucker? (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A banana? Oh, there it is, motherfucker! (laughs) 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 Worse, what, fucking dude?
0: (laughs) He looks like the worst <laughs> fucking dude. <laughs> I
1: want to get a fucking hat like that, dude. Dude, this banana, like, came from a long way. It knew somebody's asshole was exposed. Oh. <laughs> it just knew it was coming, dude. Oh, goddamn. <laughs>